0: This special road report of the Main Event Talk podcast is brought to you by Richard's Billiards, 5815 Weber, not your average hero's new name, same place. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this very special on-the-road edition of the Main Event Talk podcast. And believe it or not, guys, I'm actually on the road. All right, now, uh, obviously, we... Obviously, this episode does concern the aftermath of um, the aftermath of Victory Road and also the aftermath of uh, NXT TakeOver, which we're going to be talking about later on uh, in this episode. Now, obviously, I got to explain myself as to why we're doing these uh, this on the road report. So I was trying to do this episode. Right. I was trying to do this at home. Right now. You know how when you're just at home and you, you want to get something done and you want to finish it and get it done right at the right time, right? Well, we, we had some stuff done. You know, we had a few, you know, stuff that needed to be finished off at the house, which was cool know, everything. Got the got the yard mowed, got a, a couple of trees trimmed and everything. That was fine. And the only thing I needed to finish off was I needed to put this episode together because, you know, we, we get the draft coming up. This week, and by the way, just to let everybody know There is going to be an episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast coming up this week um, We got one that's going to happen on Saturday And then we got one that's going to happen on Tuesday And the reason for that is the first episode uh, this week Is going to feature uh, the draft involving SmackDown uh, Day 1 of the draft And then we're also going to talk about Day 2 of the draft on Monday Night Raw So there's a reason for that Uh, my, you know, to give you my logical thinking as to who I feel should be and should not be on Raw and everything else like that and all sorts of stuff in that particular nature, right? And that's what, that's what I wanted to try and do this weekend. So there's going to be some special, this, there's going to be some stuff that we're going to talk about and everything, obviously. So, uh, but anyways, back to, back to this whole situation. I'm trying to get this fucking episode out of the way. I wanted to get it done yesterday, and then I get interruption after interruption after interruption after interruption. When I'm trying to get this fucking podcast done, I need for people to leave me the fuck alone. I'm not talking about people that are calling me. I don't have a problem with that because I listen to them, I talk to them, I hang up, and I move on to the next fucking thing. Having someone knock at my door looking for me or looking for my brother or looking for somebody else, I don't need that fucking logical bullshit, all right? Do not. Do not need it. Do not care about it. I just want this crap to move on, okay? I just want to get out of the way, move on with my life, and just do my fucking podcast, all right? I owe it to the people. I owe it to the public. I owe it to the entire wrestling world. I don't really owe it to the wrestling world, but I just had to do it just because I can and I want to, okay? So, anyways, uh, yeah, so there, yeah. So, don't be surprised if you don't hear any music and don't be surprised if you hear any information involving the draft and everything because that was kind of the logic, that was kind of the idea for me to do this podcast, right? I wanted to go ahead and do it, get it done, finish it off so that way I don't have to deal with it anymore and then we move on to the next bit, you know, which is the draft, Okay? So anyways, and as I stated earlier, there will be an episode of the Main Event Talk podcast coming up this Saturday, uh, which will include the SmackDown draft and a couple of other things and everything, uh, which I'm going to talk about. You know, obviously on this episode, and also uh, the next episode of the Mayvet Talk Podcast, which will be two days right after that, will be uh, the the draft. Uh, the first episode will be about the draft of SmackDown Day One, and uh, the second day of the draft uh, Monday Night Raw. You you know, it used to be Raw then SmackDown. Now all of a sudden we got SmackDown to Raw, and I guess because SmackDown is on Fox and everything else like that. You know how that shit goes. Okay, uh, listen, before we before we get into what we need to talk about as far as both event goes, I want to pass along some very sad news. Um, this sad news happened uh, just yesterday, as a matter of fact. Um, and I want to see if I can look into some information about it, because um, it, it's still a sad thing, you know, and uh, a lot of people are still heartbroken about it to this day. Um, and if you guys are huge fans of... Van Halen, you know about the guitarist, Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen had passed away at the age of 65. And um, some real sad news right there. And, uh, you know, when um, I was over at home or I was over at work, right? And while I was thinking about wanting to do the Main Event Talk podcast, we were taking off from work. And uh, my friend of mine that was taking me home was telling me that uh, he received some message that Eddie... uh, Eddie Van Halen passed away and I was like oh my god are you kidding me and I couldn't believe it and I was looking into my Facebook I was looking into my stuff so I'm reading this stuff right here this is from the New York Times uh, and, and let me kind of go ahead and get you uh, get you guys an update of what's going on here uh, Eddie Van Halen a virtuoso the rock guitar the virtuoso of rock guitar dies at the age of 65 His outpouring of riffs, runs, and solos are hyperactive and athletic, making deeper or darker emotions feel irrelevant. The band he led was one of the most popular of all time. Eddie Van Halen, who razzled, dazzled guitar playing, combining complex uh, harmonics uh, innovative uh, fingering and in gestive devices, he panted for his uh, instrument, made him the most influential guitarist of his generation, and his band Van Halen, one of the most popular rock acts in all time, died on Tuesday, he was um, 65. Uh, let's see mr van Halen's son Wolfgang said in a statement that his father had lost his long uh, lost his long and enduring battle with cancer uh the statement did not say where he died uh Mr van Halen instructed his solos and yada 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 blah 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 um well it doesn't exactly say how he died, but I was reading through um I was reading through something from... uh, I'm not sure where exactly. I don't know if I can find the information for it here. But um, it did say that um, Eddie Van Halen had uh, passed away, uh, obviously at the age of 65, as I mentioned. But also that uh, he had uh, died of throat cancer. And um, from what I was reading, and I was trying to look for this, is the fact that um, he, he had throat cancer and it actually grew... Uh, more worse, it grew so worse that it went right to his brain, which I believe caused his death so it it's really it's really really sad, especially when someone like um you wouldn't think someone like uh Eddie van Halen would get throat cancer or something like that you you never i i and and this is not not a knock in any way possible it 's just the fact that you know when you think of guitar riffs, you think of obviously guys like Eddie van Halen and Kurt Hammond and uh, Dave Mustaine of Megadeth and James Hetfield and and every guitar player on, uh, all across the world for that throat cancer. I mean that's uh, that's almost something that like a singer would have and um, you know it's uh, it's so crazy. It's so crazy that Eddie Van Halen he was sixty five. That's pra- and, and, and this is a thing and 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 call me crazy and everything. But anyone that dies around right above fifty years old maybe at 50 maybe 50 maybe 60 even 70 you would think that would be old but in actuality especially these days um you know someone like that is really still young and eddie van halen looked pretty young in my view i mean even though he looked very very old i mean he he wasn't he wasn't he he was a very old man but he was still he was still shredding those guitars like crazy But, you know, I got to admit this. I mean, 2020 has definitely been a bad year for a lot of people. I mean, we've lost a lot of great talents um, in 2020. I mean, everything from uh, Eddie Van Halen passing away, Neil Peart passing away, Howard Finkel passing away, Animal passing away. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of other people that are passing away. But, man, it's just so insane how everyone... You know everyone in two thousand- i mean this is the most deaths we've had in so many years. You know what I'm saying? I mean it's just crazy how all this is happening and and this is the thing i mean we we've got a lot more to come. We've got a lot more to come that's that's the sad part i mean and I don't want to think of it that way, but unfortunately, we're in two thousand and twenty and we're trying to get through this year. We're trying to get through this as best we can. So on behalf of the the main event talk and on behalf of every single, uh, not only every single metalhead out there, but also every single guitar player that ever picked up a guitar, uh, anyone that played keyboards because he, he played keyboard as well. Uh, To everyone, we'd like to send our our condolences out to the family of the Van Halens and everything. And to every single Van Halen fan. Everyone from... uh, I know that Shayna Baszler had sent a tweet out about Van Halen. Bray Wyatt sent uh, out about Van Halen. Uh, Let's see who else. Um, I believe it was not Christopher Daniels. It was uh, Frankie Kazarian. Uh, Send out his... um, and everything, everyone that was ever influenced by Eddie Van Halen, by Van Halen at all, you know, best wishes, you know, best wishes out there, you know, everyone. And it's, like I said, it's very, very sad, very, very sad that something like this had to happen. And um, no doubt, you know, <clears throat> when I first just to kind of give you a little story, when I first started hearing about Van Halen um, this was right around the time I was listening to um, when I was a little kid, I was listening to his sister right, We're We're Not Gonna Take It Was The Hottest Thing Going you know, that was the song right there and then came 1984 right, then came 1984 the album from Van Halen when I first heard the song Jump I saw how his guitar playing was and You know it it just sounded good to me i I liked uh jump i liked panama i liked uh you know all the songs that came off of that album and everything and you know when i got older you know i started listening to van halen and then i started hearing uh you know we we went from david lee david lee roth to uh sammy hagar and i always thought that uh you know david lee roth stuff was good but i think uh this is just my personal opinion about, about it. I think some of Sammy Hagar's stuff was just as good, you know, with Van Halen. I thought he was a, the perfect front man for, for the group and everything, you know, which was very, very logical stuff. And um, I've seen his guitar playing, and everyone was influenced by him. I mean, every every person that has ever seen Eddie Van Halen play guitar, you know, it's just you know, immediately hooked. And, and one person I know was definitely hooked. Who was no longer with us and he had passed away around 2004. You know him quite well as, uh, Eddie Van Hale, as a uh, Dimebag Daryl from Pantera. Uh, I also remembered, um, in the documentary, in the documentary, I think it was one of the uh, former, uh, Pantera, uh, former member of Pantera, where he had mentioned that, um, right uh, right around the time when uh, they were having Dime Back Daryl's funeral there was uh, a legion of rock stars that were over there and Eddie Van Halen was one of them and there was a uh, uh, they they mentioned something about Eddie Van Halen's guitar from, Eddie, uh, from Van Halen 2 and it was the guitar right I think it was the Uh, the guitar with, uh, I think it had uh, yellow stripes, and uh, it was all blue, I think, I think I remember that it was that guitar, and he was going to actually, and I think it's still with him, that guitar from Van Halen himself is actually buried with Dimebag Daryl right now, and that's amazing, that is just (laughs) wow, I mean he was he was that influential to a lot of guitars, you know, that's how good Van Halen was but, you know I was, you know, so hooked on Van Halen, like I said, I love some of the older stuff, I love some of the newer stuff, you know, every song I ever heard from Van Halen just sounds amazing, and, you know, this is one of these bands where you can be a thrash head, thrash meddler, you can be a, a, you know, just a regular metal head in your own right, and you, you can instantly know who Van Halen was right away you can instantly know who Van Halen was right away. And you hear jump, you hear this, you hear that. And it's just, like, amazing, you know, how his his guitar playing, his influence, you know, stills affect a lot of people to this day. So, once again, my thoughts and my condolences go out to all the fans of Van Halen. Uh, my thoughts and prayers go out to his family at this time. And on behalf of every metalhead and every Van Halen fan out there, we just want to say thank you to Eddie Van Halen. You you were an inspiration. You were you know you're thought of by millions of fans, and like Neil Peart, like everyone else, you will never be forgotten, my friend. You're you're still thought of to this day, and rock on, Eddie. Rock on. You yeah. know. So, <laughs> while well, we go from Van Halen to to wrestling. <laughs> Now, there are a lot of things that we get. Oh, before we before we get into this, um, there's something I wanted to mention, and I saw this on my Facebook. Um, okay, and I, I, I know everyone's been keeping up with this story. Let me see if I can, because um, I want to try and, because uh, I'm actually in, uh, I'm actually in a truck right now, just trying to put myself away, if you will. Here we go. Okay. Okay, so check this out. Alright, so now, everyone has been keeping a very close eye on this whole stupid, ridiculous thing involving Otis and Mr. Money in the Bank. Now, if you've heard my episode of the May Vets podcast, you know how I feel about this whole situation involving Otis, All right, Involving Otis becoming Mr. Money in the Bank. Now, here's the thing. I still feel that AJ should have been the one to win it, as far as I'm concerned. And and, and this was the thing with Otis. I mean, now all of a sudden, it's like they want to take the briefcase off him. They want to get it away from him. And here's the thing. How many fucking stories are we hearing about Otis? I mean, I made an announcement saying that he was released from the WWE... But apparently that was fake news. It was probably fake news by the Miz and everything else like that. And here's the thing. They wanna take the, they wanna take the briefcase away from Otis. They, they want to take it off him. And this is the thing. My thought is number one, just let it be, okay? But I think, and this is the this is the scary part to all the writers, and this is all the scary parts of the WWE if Otis still has the contract and he's trying to and say he if he accidentally cashes it in on, well, I would say the Universal Championship, but no doubt he, I mean, he could still cash in for the WWE Championship because that still counts as well. You know? <coughs> but if it happens, Otis could accidentally become the WWE Champion. I mean, can you imagine Otis Big fat Otis. Coming out there. With beef in his fucking hands. Telling the world. That he. Is a WWE champion. How the fuck can you take that seriously? How the fuck can you take that shit seriously at all? Oh how about this? How about this? How about this? How about if. Otis becomes the universal champion by defeating accidentally defeating Roman reigns. He defeats the tribal chief. Oh God I don't want to think about it. I don't want to even you know I, it, it's like it, here's, here's the thing and here's the th- here's the thing. Just let nature take its course. Just let Otis cash it in, and more importantly, make sure he loses the fucking. Ma- if he cashes it in against the Fiend, or I'm sorry, if he cashes in against Roman Reigns and loses it, I understand. If he cashes it in and loses it to uh, to a Drew McIntyre, I understand. But if you take that fucking briefcase away from him and somehow give it to, say, oh, I don't know The Miz... I'm going to go over to the performance center and I'm going to take a fucking... I'm going to take a sniper rifle and I'm going to go after The Miz and shoot him in the fucking head! No way in hell! Here's the thing. If you if, if give it to Morrison, I would be appreciative. If you give it to anybody else other than The Miz... I would be very appreciative. And I know some people are well, what do you got against The Miz? Number one, he's already done it. And number two, it was the worst day of my life when I saw Miz win the WWE Championship and defeated a legitimate talent in Randy Orton. And I say legitimate talent because while Miz is trying to do a goofy skit with fucking John Morrison, who's out going after the WWE Championship? Randy Orton, which we will talk about that part. Later on or hopefully tomorrow when I get the opportunity The point is They're trying to get this briefcase They're trying to get this briefcase Off of Otis And here's the thing Here's the thing that, that Comes off very very funny You know who's on board with Otis holding onto the briefcase You'll find this funny You'll find this extremely funny You'll, you'll start laughing for the moment I mention his name if you know who it is, I don't have to I I don't have to explain myself. But just in case you don't, it is none other than Mr. Vincent Kennedy, McMahon. Yes, he's the one that wants to have Otis hold on to the briefcase and not lose the briefcase at all. Which is fine. It's okay. He can hold on to the briefcase for a long, long time, but if if it expires. That's fine. I just don't want to see that briefcase around The Miz at all, okay? You've seen this ridiculous... This whole lawsuit thing. A lawsuit. But you couldn't find a way to put him in a match. I mean, just... You're you're, you're in a SmackDown ring and you could... and, And here... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I think a lot of people probably understand this part. The draft is coming up. And we could possibly see... Otis go back, go to raw, or we could see heavy machinery go to raw. who knows I mean that could possibly happen, and to me, I hope to God that one of two things happens: either the Miz goes to raw or Otis goes to raw. that way we would find a way to make sure that the money in the bank free case is safe. It's okay, and it's nowhere near the hands of any other person other than the Miz okay. That's my logic on that fucking shit. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I don't. I just don't want to see the Miz win. Do not. If he gets the, if he gets the if he loses it, I would laugh my fucking ass off. And right now, I'm dri- I'm actually driving down the road right now. I'm over here at Walmart on Staples. And I like going to this Walmart. Oh, by the way. By the way, uh, to all you Transformer fans out there, and I got some—I lo- uh, got some stuff that you may want to know about this. Inside, oh, whoa! Hello, how are you? <laughs> oh, and and you know, and this is the thing, and, and I hate this so much. You're driving on the road, and you're trying to find a parking spot, and you see a hottie, and you're just like, "Hello, baby, want to wrestle?" <laughs> but anyways, um, in Walmart. They're actually selling uh, an old school... To so all you guys that are old school Transformer fans... Um, Walmart had sold... Um, they had sold the old school Soundwave... And I wanted to get my hands on that old school Soundwave so bad... But they... Uh, I guess they're apparently... Are no longer in stock... And I still want to look for that fucking Soundwave... And now all of a sudden... Well they sold Astrotrain as well... Old school Astro Train... One of the triple changers... And now this week... And I just saw it in inside Walmart. They're actually selling uh, Blaster. Now, if anybody remembers who Blaster is, he, he used to... He's a radio. He looks like a big, big-ass boombox, right? And he transforms. This is the original Blaster. This is not the one where you uh, put the cassettes on him uh, just yet. So they went ahead and um, brought back the old-school... Uh, blaster and that's pretty cool you know because i uh it's only like uh $29.95 over at uh walmart so if anybody's interested in getting their hands on blaster go over to walmart and look for that as well and also and and yes i know some people are asking well what about the wwe action figures i don't here's the thing there are some wwe action figures over here at walmart and and to anyone that has asked me if I've seen any of the AEW action figures, no, I haven't seen any. And that's because, and I know some people are going to be like, I told you, they're sold out. That's right. They are sold out. <laughs> so... Uh, they have the rings, obviously. They have the AEW rings over there. They have the AEW action figures over there. I don't know how much they are, and uh, I know that um, there probably going to be some more on sale over there when they when they have the opportunity. So, to all you Transformer fans out there, if you're looking for some old school Transformer stuff, uh go to Walmart and look for it. You can also find some AEW action figures if they're there or some WWE action figures. They even have some of these action figures of um what are they? Uh it's it, it's a WWE action figures, but they're all sold like like the like the He-Man action figures. Have you seen those? Have you seen those? Those are are pretty fucking cool. I wouldn't mind getting me one of those or collecting one of those and everything. Those are pretty cool to have. I'd love to get those. So, I haven't been to Target and I wouldn't mind going over there to see what kind of action figures they got over there as well. So... If you guys are interested and looking for some action figures, head over to Walmart and look for your favorite WWE action figures, your favorite AEW action figures, your favorite Transformer action figures, or whatever action figure you look for, Walmart will have it. Okay, so we went from talking about what took place and everything, and now let's talk a little bit about what happened uh, this past weekend involving... Impact Wrestling's Victory Road Pay-Per-View. Now, just to kind of give you an idea, uh, I did see some of it. I didn't see a whole lot of it. I was actually going to try to subscribe to the um, Impact Plus, because it is free for 30 days when you start. It is free for 30 days when you start, and I would have loved to have got it, but I didn't get it. You know? So... Um, that's not the history, the, Uh no, uh, where are the events at? Here we go, here we go, here we go. Yeah, I'm just trying to look uh, through the events and everything, so, yeah, I was going to try and subscribe to it, but, um, but I didn't have time, and, and, and the fact that I was drinking could probably have something to do with it, <laughs> But I'm going to go ahead and give you all the matches that took place over there. There were nine matches, after all. Apparently, there were two extra matches that I didn't know about. One of them involved Trey and Moose, which we'll, we will talk about in just a moment. The first matchup involving the Rascals that's uh, another match right there. Ra- the Rascals defeated the Triple XL, which is. A.C. Roman, uh, Romero and Larry D. That was a tag team match. That was the first matchup that took place. The Battle of New York took place as Brian Myers defeated Tommy Dreamer over at Victory Road. The next matchup, an open challenge for Rihit Raju, the the X-Division champion. I can't fucking spell his name for fucking shit. So, who accepted the challenge? The challenge was none other than Willie Mack, former X Division champion. He was also the former National NWA national champion. So, he... Let's see. Oh, he defeated... Oh, Willie Mack defeated Rajesh. Whatever the fuck his name is. By count out, but Rajesh is still the X Division champion. In singles competition in the women's side you had uh Tenilia Dashwood taking on Jordan Grace. Tanelia Dashwood defeated Jordan Grace one on one with uh, if I'm spelling this correctly, it's Kabil Khaleb with with a K? Is that is that who it is? I don't know, but anyways. An unsanctioned tag team match. Heath Slater, or Heath, if you will. Against, uh, with Rhino against the team, or defeated the team of Reno Scum. Of Adam Thornstone and Luster the Legend. (laughs) The next match was Moose. 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 Who is, uh... Trey defeated Moose. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Trey defeated Moose. Uh, And I know some people are like, are you talking about Bullwinkle? No! I mean, a a man named Moose to all you professional wrestling fans out there that don't know who the fuck he is. The Fatal Four-Way Match uh, consists of one member of each tag team. Let's see... Of, uh, let's see, Josh Alexander Of the former, one half of the former Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Champions Alex Shelley uh, Who was a part of the Motor City Machine Guns One half of the uh, World Tag Team Champions Ace Austin With his partner Matt Fulton And the Good Brothers With Carl Anderson (coughs) This was a fatal four-way match and I'm not sure if there was a stipulation of any kind, but it was just as far as they, I know it's a regular match. So therefore, your winner is Josh Alexander with Ethan Page. So they won that Fatal 4-Way matchup. A matchup for the Knockouts Women's Championship. Susie going one-on-one against the champion Deanna Purrazzo with Kimberly in her corner. Deanna Perrazzo defeated Suzy with uh, Kylie Ray in her corner and is still the Impact Wrestling World Champion. Now, this matchup right here involving the Impact Wrestling World Championship, Eric Young versus Eddie Edwards. I did get a chance to see how this matchup went down. And uh, it was a good match. It was a good match from head to toe. And uh, my logic was right away that I knew Eric Young was going to somehow, you know, be vicious, be brutal, be be very, very on attack against um, uh, uh, Eddie Edwards. And that's pretty much exactly what took place in this match. What happened, uh, Eddie Edwards, I believe, um, I don't know if it was by submission or by tap, but I think he defeated him. But uh, Eric Young defeated... Um, Eddie Edwards for the Impact Wrestling World Championship, and now, from what I understand, uh, Eric Young is scheduled to defend the Impact Wrestling World Championship at Bound for Glory, which is going to take place on uh, on October twenty fourth, and his opponent is going to be Rick Swanson. Now, and let me and let me kind of say this because, unfortunately, as much as I'd love to see Bound for Glory. This is kind of Rick, Rich Swanson, and, and 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 nothing against the man, nothing against him in any way possible. I just don't feel. I just don't feel this is the right kind of match for him. And, and 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 no, don't get me don't get me wrong. I like Rich Swanson. I think he's a great athlete. He used to be in the WWE. He was a former X Division champion. He comes over here, he uh, gets injured at the hands of Eric Young. He said he was going to retire. And then he all of a sudden was re-injured again and and was out for a while, and then he comes right back stronger than ever. And Now he wants to go after the Impact Wrestling World Champion, Eric Young. So now, um, and I think it's already been set at Bound for Glory for the Impact Wrestling World Championship, it's going to be Eric Young defending the championship against Rick Swanson. And also another matchup that could take place over at, and, and the, it, that is about to take place over at Bound for Glory, uh, the Knockouts Women's Championship will be decided as... Diana Porrazo is going to be defending her championship against the number one contender, Kylie Ray. So, Ky- Kylie Ray is basically an a Impact's version of Bailey—not not the version you know now, but the version that we you know, the hugger—you know that one. <laughs> And so, uh, well, that's all your matches for... Well, that's some of your matches for Bound for Glory. And that's all the matches that took place over at Victory Road. So, well, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't exactly like all that in a bag of fucking chips, you know. But what do you expect? I mean, it's Impact Wrestling and everything else like that. But I'll still watch it. I'll still watch it regardless of how, how that shit goes down and everything. So, let's see here. Um... Trying to look for something here. Okay, here we go. All right, that's what I was looking for. Okay, so let's talk about NXT Takeover Thirty-One. Now, now I now I did see the event. I did see the event from head to toe. I think it was a great event. Uh, I loved it. I digged it. I think it was. Uh, Um, A lot of people want to know my thoughts on the new setting that that TakeOver had. Uh, Let me see if I can look for... Here we go. Damn, I'm already tired. (laughs) Anyways, uh, NXT TakeOver 31, (coughs) which took place... It says here, uh, it took place over at the WWE Performance Center, but in actuality, it took place over at the Capitol Wrestling Center. And, um, I think this used to be, if I remember this correctly, they were showing the the lineage and history of the Capitol Wrestling, uh, corporation from years ago. And I, I've never, I've, I've always heard about it. I think it was who, Gorilla Monsoon, who used to own, um. I think he used to own um a part of that company or something like a uh, I think he had 50% ownership of the company, I think, if I if i memory serves me correctly. But uh yeah, I saw how the uh Capital Wrestling Center looked and it looks amazing. You know, it looks very very amazing. And the thing was, I mean the the place it, it, it's kind of like and I said this to somebody, it's like a piece of the Thunderdome with a piece of the performance center and you combine it and you got something good going here it's, it's, you know, it's pretty much on the wall you see the fans around and it, and it looks pretty good, I like it I think uh, it was pretty good um, I believe there was a performance by Corey Taylor who did the theme song for uh, Culture Head, if you now had an opportunity to listen to Corey Taylor's new album you need to uh, CM, uh, CMFT Is the album that you need to look for Uh, Culture Head's Tremendous Uh, CMF10 Must Be Stopped Is another good song, uh The album, the album Itself, I had a chance to listen to it Before Takeover, sounds Fucking amazing, love it The release of the album came out around October 2nd, which was also Um, I think one day Before One day before The, um the album was released, I think, so, it was pretty good and everything, so, now, here's the thing here, and, uh, wait a minute, what's this, Oh well, 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 <clears throat> so apparently there's two matches over here, and I'm reading this here, because, uh, uh I, I, and when you go, go to the Wikipedia page, if you can there's three, it says, seven matches, but only five of them were announced. And the other two, the first two here, no doubt these matches will probably happen over at NXT later on today. If you guys are going to be watching NXT on the USA Network. Uh, it says here, Zyla Lee versus Emily aduzel. And add doozle or whatever the fuck it is. It's a singles match. Another matchup, Danny Birch against Daniel Vidot. Those I have I know who Danny Birch is, but I have no idea who Daniel <laughs> I have no idea who these guys are. But anyways Here's the first matchup, and this is the one that I know the most here. Damian Priest going one-on-one against Johnny Gargano. This was a great, highly anticipated matchup. You got a big rock star and Damian Priest, and then you got Johnny Gargano being Johnny Wrestling or the Gargano way or whatever the fuck he's doing these days. These two put on a good show, good performance and everything, and I'm very, 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 very surprised... That Candice LeRae did not get herself involved in this match. And I thought she would, you know, but she never did. But Damien Priest and Johnny Gargano put on a good show. Damien Priest is getting an opportunity to know why Johnny TakeOver... Johnny is known as Johnny TakeOver. Johnny Wrestling, Johnny this, Johnny that, and yada, yada, yada. I know a guy named Johnny Lightning. And he looks a lot like Damien Priest. I'm talking about the best drummer on the planet, John Luna. But that will be a subject for another day. But anyways... um, I made a prediction saying that Damian Priest would be the one to defeat Johnny Gargano, and uh, as Jim Cornette would say, "Wouldn't you know who won the pony?" Damian Priest defeated Johnny Gargano and is still the North American champion. No, no, no shortage of uh, breath right there. Damian Priest is still the NXT champ- North American champion. Thank fucking God. The next matchup involving Kushida and the Velveteen Dream. (laughs) Um I've got a logical complaint about this. A a logic logical complaint. And I'll get to that logical complaint right after after I get, get to what I need to talk about. Okay, so the Velveteen Dream comes out, right? And he's coming out. And my first thought when 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 the Velveteen Dream was going to come out, my first thought was, okay, Velveteen has always come out in some sort of ironic fiction, right? He would come out as Hulk Hogan, right? Or he would... Hollywood Hulk Hogan, I remember that. Or would come out as... Um, as... Uh, what did he come out as? I think he came out as Prince a while back. And, and then he came out as... Ravishing Rick Rude, and then came out as all these different characters that you know quite well, right? Now the Velveteen Dream. Now I I kept thinking, okay, who who is he gonna come out? Is he gonna come out as Doc, or is he gonna come out as Marty? That's what I kept thinking about. Because okay, Kushida, to anyone that has seen his gimmick in New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know that he comes out as Marty McFly from Back to the Future, right? Comes out like that. Now, my thought was okay, he's got to come out of stock somehow. But, and and this is, this, <laughs> please don't think this is a racist comment, but how's a black man going to pull off Doc? <laughs> oh my God, how the fuck do you pull that shit? Okay, so 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 here's what happened. So here comes the Velveteen Dream. He's coming out of here. His hair is all fucking gray as hell. He's got fucking... He's got those orange or those yellow gloves. Oh, my God. He looks like he's ready to wash some dishes. (laughs) He's wearing these white... He's wearing the white pants with the fucking boots. And he's got those fucking goggles. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. We got a black version of fucking Doc. Oh, my God. I know some people are going to be like, That's racist, Furman! No, it's not. It's not racist at all. It looks stupid. And I've never... I've... (laughs) I've never seen him this ironic. Or not ironic. Erotic. How the... I mean, just the way he came out, I I just like, dude. Okay, now I know why people are starting to hate you now. Okay, because, you know, you... you (laughs) Okay, anyway, so Velveteen Dream comes out. Into the ring, doing what he does da- Razzle dazzle in the whole nine yards And then here comes, here comes Kushida Pissed as hell And he's beating the shit out of the Velveteen Dream You know, this match was um, <clears throat> I actually Did not get to see this match All the way, but I went ahead Because I had to go take off to um, I had to take off to the store Because I had pizza at the house, but I needed some wings Right, I needed some wings so bad So luckily I went over to the store Came home and luckily had an opportunity to go back to check out the match once again. You know, just get an idea of what was going on. So, I'm watching the match. I see it. Um, great, ma- great match was great. It was good from head to toe. I think Kushida put out a put on a good performance. Uh, was really, really, um, you know, this vengeful side of him. You know, after what's been going on with him for the past couple of a di- uh, couple of weeks, ever since the Velveteen Team Dreamer took him out. The Velveteen Dream had tried, you know, doing the whole Velveteen Dream thing, you know, just coming out and everything. And right away, Velveteen was getting his fucking ass beat. And then Kushida made him submit. Made him submit, and that was it. Kushida wins against the Velveteen Dream. Now, let me talk about what I just mentioned about a few minutes ago, about what I heard. Okay. So somebody on, on Twitter had mentioned that Kushida's heel beatdown on Velvet Team Dream is telling everybody that he's turning heel. Okay, let me get this straight. Um You mean to tell me you mean to tell me that uh this beatdown that's happening right now is some sort of uh a heel turn. So let me get this straight. When I'm watching this matchup, you know, I was looking back and forth, head to toe and everything, and the match is over, Kushida wins and everything else like that. And then Kushida comes back and beats the shit out of Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream was screaming like a little fucking bitch. And you're telling me that this is a heel turn? Everyone everyone chimed in on this and everyone's saying you know, everyone's saying the same thing. No, he's not turning heel. No, Kushida's not turning heel at all. I mean it that's it, it, not I mean If you really think he's turning heel right away, I'd like to see that. Because last time I checked, I think Kushida was a babyface. And Velveteen Dream was a heel. I think that's what I was looking at, you know? So, everyone was chiming in on this. And look, I I agree. Velveteen Dream was the heel. Kushida was the babyface. And clearly, clearly, to to the untrained eye... Kushida was beating the living, living shit out of the Velveteen Dream because of what has happened in the past couple of weeks. Has nothing to do with the heel turn. Hey, I'm going to beat the shit out of this guy. I'm going to turn heel. Yeah, give me a fucking break. He didn't turn heel, you morons. He just beat the shit out of him because of what happened a couple of days ago. Quit. Begging for a heel turn. Shut the fuck up. Just watch the match and enjoy what the fuck it is. If not, put, you know, suck on a pass. The pass suck on a pacifier and kiss my fucking ass. Your winner, Kushida, against Velveteen Dream. Okay, the next matchup involving Santos Escobar. And yes, I did predict that Kushida would win over the Velveteen Dream. Just to let everybody know. Santos Escobar going one-on-one against Isaiah Swerve Scott for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. (coughs) There's really not much to talk about in this matchup. Great match. Great match. But it was one of those things where it wasn't really that exciting. It really wasn't. And and this is in no disrespect in any way to the Cruiserweight Championship. No disrespect in any way to the Cruiserweight Championship at all. I just think that match was good. But it would have been a whole lot more exciting if Isaiah Swerve Scott were to be the champion. But it ended up being, you know, um, you got interference from um, members of the uh, Phantasma came in. And then all of a sudden, uh, who who was it? Adonis? What if that that dude that came in and kind of helped out or interfered in the match or whatever? And then at the end, you know, Escobar pretty much proved him. But there was one, there was one part, and everyone was uh, uh, showing me this, and I saw this too, where apparently Isaiah had hit his head not on the turnbuckle, but he was a he was on the apron, and I think he hit his head right where the exposed steel was, you know, right where the turnbuckle, <clears throat> right where the turnbuckle is, like right there, you know, that steel rod that that hole. That holds the ropes when you turn it and everything. His head didn't really touch it. And I'm like, wait a minute. Uh your head's not even touching it. Your head's not even touching it. Why the fuck are you acting like a, you know, like a fucking drunken sailor? Give me a fucking break. And 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 that's when I said, Oh god. Somebody's gonna pick up on that. Somebody's gonna pick up on that completely. Just watch the matchup very, very closely. If you see Isaiah Swerve Scott. Hitting his head, like, on the apron, on on where the exposed steel was. I guarantee you he didn't touch it. He sold it! I guarantee you he didn't touch it. But anyways, your winner and still the Cruiserweight Champion, his name is Santos Escobar. Not much to talk about there. But anyways... The next matchup is for the NXT Women's Championship. Io Shirai defending her championship against Candice LeRae, a member of the Gargano family. There's not really much to talk about. These two put on a good performance. Io Shirai was Io Shirai. Candice LeRae was Candice LeRae. And then the referee got knocked out. Yes, the referee got knocked out, ladies and gentlemen. I think it was by accident. I think it was, well, I don't know if it was an accident or not. I could probably say it was an accident, but I don't think it was an accident. But nonetheless, nonetheless, the match with Io Shirai, Candice, was good. Good from head to toe. Um, <laughs> the referee got knocked out, as I mentioned. And I'm getting this flashback. I'm getting this flashback from several months ago. Yes. I got a, a flashback from several months ago. You know what I'm talking about, okay? The flashback that I'm talking about. Do you remember, what was it? Was it, uh, was it SummerSlam? or No, 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 no. It was at Extreme Rules. The horror, Matt, The horror of Extreme Rules. Remember when, when Sasha Banks was this close to winning the Raw Women's Championship. And then all of a sudden, you know, Bailey came in. Wearing the referee shirt and then declared herself as the Raw Women's Champion when we all know that it was Asuka who is still the Raw Women's Champion. Well, now we got a piece of that that came into NXT. Really? Oh, come on. Let's see. And who was the referee? Who was the referee? Johnny! <coughs> Johnny! As in Johnny, Johnny TakeOver, Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Know how, Johnny Whistle, Johnny Duke, Johnny, Johnny the Man, Johnny Fever, and now he is Johnny the referee. He comes in, he puts on a referee shirt on. He thinks he can count the matchup. He counts it at a very fast pace. One, two, and then their shoulder gets picked up. And then there's this look on Johnny Gargano's face that everyone sees on Twitter now. Okay? And the the next thing that happened, the next thing that happened was the fact that Johnny goes ahead and decides he's going to go ahead and take the fucking... He's going to take the fucking belt, give it to Candice LeRae. The referee gets up now, notices that Johnny Gargano is wearing a referee shirt. You're not supposed to be wearing a referee shirt. It's illegal. It's wrong. It's impersonation. He passes the belt over to Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae hits the belt over to Io Shirai. Io Shirai gets knocked out. And I'm thinking, oh God, it better not end this way, it better not end this way, it better not end this way. I would love for it to end in a different way for her to win it, but it didn't happen that way. One, two, and then all of a sudden, Yosha Rai kicks out of that, and then that was it, it was over, it was out the fucking window. So... Johnny Gargano gets laid out. Io Shirai finds a way to lay out Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae is done. Io Shirai goes up to the sky and hits her move. One, two, three. Io Shirai is still the X, I'm sorry, the NXT women's champion. Defeats Candice LeRae. And then gets a big surprise. One of two big surprises that took place on that day. Uh the first surprise involving the former NXT uh United Women's Champion NXT UK women's champion Tony Storm and Tony Storm is now a part of NXT. We know about that. And then came the big surprise. Everybody's been wondering about this former champion that's supposed to make her return or his return over. To NXT Takeover. The individual came out in the bike, walks into the arena, and then all of a sudden, this person walks up, biker helmet off, and it is the return of Ember Moon. Ember Moon returns, and let me tell you something, guys. I'm real happy that she's back. I really am. I I, I think it was too soon for her to leave NXT. I think she had too much to give, and all of a sudden, here she is. We know about about the fact that Ember Moon was supposedly out for a while, but there's one of those things where I ask myself this question. Is it for real, or is it Memorex? Is it bullshit, or is she really telling, telling us the truth? Is her career really over? Well, that story was just answered over at NXT TakeOver this past Sunday. So, welcome back, Io Shirai. Welcome back, back Tony Storm. Welcome back, Ember Moon. Now, the final matchup involves Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Kyle Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. Adam Cole does play a match in this deal, by the way. But, anyways... The match between these two was historic. It's great. You got two legitimate athletes in there. You got two of the best going at it for a prestigious championship. And uh, there was a point where I saw Kyle Kyle O'Reilly got hurt. Got hurt a little bit. Got kicked in the stomach real hard at the hands of Finn Balor. Finn Balor was basically capitalizing on on the uh, injury and everything. And uh, both men were bloodied. Not too much, but both men were bloodied. I mean, this is two men competing for an NXT championship as it should be. This was the best match of the night in every way possible. People loved this matchup. Everyone was going crazy over this matchup. This is the best match I've ever seen, right? Between these two. You got two men, they're practically the same. Two men, um, I believe one was in Ireland, and I think uh, Kyle O'Reilly is, I think he lives in Canada, but I. With the name O'Reilly, you figured he'd be Irish, right? I mean, you figured he'd be Irish, but I could be wrong. But, anyways, uh, this matchup was good, head to toe. And my first thought was <laughs> I, I just saw a vehicle. I just saw, and, and if you see this, you'll probably see this around. Now. I used to see a vehicle that's just driving by. And apparently, if I can, uh... oh, it's driving right. <laughs> There's a vehicle somewhere here in Corpus Christi where it's got a bunch of dead bodies on the fucking vehicle. With caution tape around it. That's Halloween for you. But anyways. Um, during the match, um, like I said, it was great from head to toe. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly was pretty hurt. And it seemed like Kyle O'Reilly was this close to winning the NXT championship. And then we would hit the coup de gras. The coup de gras was done. One, two, three, Finn Balor is still the champion. Kyle O'Reilly put on a tremendous performance against uh, Finn Balor. And then a sign of respect. A sign of respect at the very, very end. And then, after that, all of a sudden, I kept, I kept thinking about a surprise. I kept thinking about somebody to, that was going to try and interfere. If you went to my Facebook page, I mentioned something about Tommaso Ciampa interfering in the match. I was thinking he was going to probably appear right after the end of the match. Because there's still something there between Kyle O'Reilly and Tommaso Ciampa. You know, if you if you remember how that shit went down quite well. So, it didn't happen, right? So, I, I mentioned Adam Cole's name a few moments ago. So, apparently, Ridge Holland, uh, a superstar that came from NXT UK, now a part of NXT, apparently attacked Adam Cole. Yeah, apparently attacked Adam Cole, left him laying, he walks out, and the Undisputed Era comes out and wonders what the hell's going on here. You know, all the members, uh, uh, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly, were all wondering the same thing. How did this happen, and, you know, was this a setup? Who, who was involved, and, you know, why, why did Rich Holland did what he did, right? So, <clears throat> NXT TakeOver, NXT TakeOver to me was a great event. I digged it, I actually saw it twice, uh, three times actually to be exact, just to get a just to get a good feel of how that event goes, but yeah, it was a great event, digged it, you know, um, the NXT Championship matchup was tremendous, the NXT Women's Championship would be okay, would be okay, but, you know, I'm um, sorry, I just received this message, Um would be okay but uh you know would be a whole lot better the North American Championship was tremendous the um let's see North American Championship was great the match between the Velvet Team Dream and Kushida was tremendous uh the what was the other matchup that we talked about uh I think it was the 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 cruiserweight championship. I'm sorry, that was a good match anyway. NXT Takeover 31 was not exactly like the best overall Takeover of all time, but it was a good event. It was a very very good event. You know, can't wait to see the next one when happens. Oh, and by the way, by the way, before we because we're almost at the end of this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast on October 28th. A couple months ago, we saw the return of the Great American Bash. On October 28th at NXT, and this is going to be not on pay-per-view, but on the USA Network. It is the return of NXT's Halloween Havoc. That's right, Halloween Havoc. The great Halloween tradition is coming back to NXT. I'm just responding back to this person. Okay, so yeah, um, yeah. NXT Takeover, uh, NXT's Halloween Havoc is going to be on October 20th, uh, 28th on USA Network which we will talk about and so much more. And there's going to be a lot of other things that are going to be be happening. Uh, Today's Wednesday, so that means that NXT is happening. Uh, NXT, uh, AEW Dynamite is going to happen. We know that the dog collar match is going to take place over on AEW Dynamite as the uh, TNT Championship will be decided as the champion Brody Lee defends the championship against the return of Cody. In a dog collar match, we're going to see how that goes. And plus, see all your favorite AEW Dynamite superstars as they appear on TNT. Check out all of the NXT superstars taking place over in the USA Network. And as I stated before, guys, we're almost finished here. So, as always, follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram, and follow me wherever it is you find. Subscribe to the Main Event Talk Podcast. And I'm sorry that this could be a not it would be a whole lot longer, but I guess it's not. But, guys, I'll see you this coming Saturday for another great episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. The draft is coming, so be ready. Why? Because I can, and I want to. Any questions, enough said. The main event is on the road.